Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. The Crit Show contains elements of horror, fantasy violence, and adult language. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Shanty Man. Can you break can me you, off a piece? Can you sing it some of it without uh, us getting sued? Maybe. It basically the chorus is that technology and stuff has progressed so far that ships don't need a shanty man anymore and Rocket Man is what you're thinking. Of. Yes. Piano man? And just basically that like, oh, everything you used to know and do as a sailor doesn't exist anymore, and so they don't need a shanty man. But then the story goes on to kind of tell, like, oh yeah, a ship gets lost. They're trying to, you know, do this heavy work. They don't have one. And now you wish you did have one. Gotcha. And it, like listening to that got me thinking about we do a pirate show. You at this table suddenly were thrown back in time working on a pirate ship. Like what job do you think that you're most suited for <laughs> based off of like what you know historically about what that person did? Cook. Fair. I mean, I don't know enough. Like I'd be th- I'd be like the swabby or something. Probably <laughs> They just have me scrubbing the decks. I think I would probably find the One Piece and become the king of the pirates. Ah, probably. Most likely. Most likely. Yeah. Boy, I, I, I don't think I would be very well suited to life on a ship. Um, <laughs> also, traditionally, women wear bad luck aboard, so mm. I, I would have to be somewhat in disguise. Yeah, assume you're doing like a Viola thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose if I had to have a job, I would, I would take care of the ship's cat. I'm sure that's a full-time <laughs> job and train them how to, how to kill the rats and the mice. I was going to say, also, if there's a job where you, like, pet all the animals on board, mm. or, like... Yeah. See, I wouldn't... I, I'd i be like, oh, hello, little rats. Oh, and yeah. then they're like, this is why women are bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do kind of like the idea of being the person that trains the mice and the rats to avoid the cat. <laughs> you know, get a nice ecosystem going in here. Perfect. <laughs> I think I would be, like, the quartermaster. Like, the person who just keeps a log of everything. <laughs> who does inventory. Yeah. It's like, oh, we got to go buy this stuff. And, like, you got to estimate how much we're going to need for this trip. But I, Shantyman got me thinking about that because I always think of just, like, oh, this is the person who sings. But the way, and thank you, Carolyn, for teaching me this. But, that like, the Shantyman was not picked for their singing voice. It was the person who had, like, the most steady syncopation. It, it yeah. was the drummer. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But they were the person at the front of any pull and so that they could see how much pull was left pick a song that was the right tempo for the weight of the thing being pulled and be able to stretch out the song if the pull was taking longer okay then that it that's that's it that's my job yeah yeah for sure yeah there were different shanties for different tasks on the ship as well yeah like a short pull and a long haul and like there were like capstan shanties and yeah like all different kinds of songs. You knew the song that had the meter that went with the thing you were doing. Yeah, and that like the whole pull thing was that you know they sang the thing, and then on the chorus, 
that's when you get the group to pull. And there's all this stuff about how, like, if you had a good shantyman on your ship, they were worth, like, four extra hands when it came to pulling because they could get everybody in in sync. Nice. When you reintroduced the idea of the shantyman, I was then kicking myself for saying I would take care of the cat because I was like, oh, obviously, that's what I would do on a ship. And then you immediately followed it up with, the shantyman does not need to have a good singing voice. And I'm like, yeah. well, <laughs> I, I guess I, no, I can't Which do that. put me in the running. All right. <laughs> I can keep a beat. Let's go. Right. And you just got to be loud and keep a beat. And yeah. Be able that's... to like look oh, ahead I and can, be like, oh, this I can do the longer. loud part. If somebody else can keep beat, I can, I can yell. So- what we're discovering is if all of us kind of Captain Planeted, yeah. we'd make one, <laughs> one, one good shanty man. One worthwhile shanty man. <laughs> Excellent. So the five of us would be worth four, as good as four people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like inside out, just <laughs> running the shanty man. Running the shanty man might be a new mystery. <laughs> I Ooh. I started thinking about that. I was like, "Ooh, the shanty man." I think that's a that's a mystery. Boy, just there's just something about the something man that's yeah. immediately <laughs> kind of sinister. Uh, well, if you would like to uh, get some possible prizes by dressing up as the shanty man <laughs> for this Halloween, uh, we are doing our crit or treat contest. Make sure to get in your submissions by November the third. That is the Friday after Halloween. Um, get a picture of yourself in costume or your pets or, you know, whatever. Not whatever. Make sure it's... Your houseplants. Your house. <laughs> if you've got a good houseplant costume, you know what? I'll see it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, 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 you know what? I will perceive I'll, it. All bets are off. <laughs> um, if, you ha- if it is related to the show, maybe even including the Shantyman, who knows, in the future. Um, or if you've got our logo in it, we'll put your name in twice. Uh, and then we will draw some winners at random and announce them the following week. Don't forget, if it's Chris Catan, you get put in three times. That's oh not my god, I'm not actually doing that. Yeah. And if it is the the the, the character that I modeled after Chris Catan, you automatically win one of the slots. <laughs> Welcome, squad, to the Cowboy World. Hello, I'm so yay. excited. Ah, it's gonna- Good. You told us that, and then a week passed. We just sat here for a week with I that know, knowledge. I know, literally, just right here, <laughs> staring at each other. It took <laughs> that long to like get over the excitement and like anticipation <laughs> to be able to even record again. So Rev's been in peril for a week. I have been <laughs> in this lizard tail forever. <laughs> so we are playing Cowboy World, uh, a powered by the Apocalypse Cowboy setting game, which. We have played before for some of our uh, Patreon bonus content. Just to start off with, I want to reiterate something that I did say when we played this before. Cowboy World obviously takes place in like an Old West, Wild West genre, which has an assortment of problematic stereotypes that go along with it. And this game, like most Powered by the Apocalypse games, leans into its genre, which means it does, what's the word I'm looking for? Like partake of some of those stereotypes. Yeah. Mm that we will not be utilizing. So there might be things you would expect from Western fiction that they're simply not the way they're going to be here, things that this game might recommend that we are not going to utilize. We are, however, going to be utilizing the Weird West part of Cowboy World, or at least some of it. Um, Again, some of those rules touch on concepts that are sort of ableist and insensitive, but the idea of there being magic and monsters and the supernatural here, a la Jonah Hex, or Wild Wild West, or something like that. Weird stuff does exist in this version of the cowboy world. Cowboys and aliens. Cowboys and aliens. (laughs) I'm assuming I haven't actually seen that, but I know that there's aliens, so there might be magic. 
there i mean yeah aliens is right in the title of that one i don't aliens doesn't mean magic necessarily is, are there aliens in this game is aliens monsters let's discuss <laughs> depends on the alien Ooh, interesting well i suppose we'll see and you know there's an element of control of you guys manifesting things in the world so maybe there aren't aliens right now but you make there be aliens mm. Anything can happen. Before anything does happen, we need to make characters. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So character creation in Cowboy World is uh, a little bit different, a little bit more like free form, just kind of coming up with concepts on your own rather than choosing a lot of stuff. So uh, we'll start at the top here. The basics for character creation are like to pick your name, your gender, your age, and your look. Since we are playing ourselves, all that's kind of explained and spoken for already which leads us to choosing your high concept. So the high concept is who your character is in two phrases. The first is your archetype, which is to some degree like a stereotype of the genre, but just a general like who you are. Um, And the second part of your high concept is the twist, which is what sets you apart from the normal iterations of that archetype. Uh, Examples of archetypes are things like the cowboy, the gunslinger, the undertaker. Twists could be like, who's possessed by a demon or who has a shotgun. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite one. That's one of the best examples from the actual text of the game. Um, There aren't really limits on this. You know, there aren't classes in this like there are in other games. It can kind of be whatever word or short phrase you feel summarizes the idea of who you are coming into this world. Um, And whether your high concept is based on like you, the character, like from coin world coming through or like who you envision you would be what role you feel you would serve going into like a wild west world like either way i feel like is square um so does anybody have thoughts on their uh high concept their archetype and their twist i do yes uh at least for the archetype i think because i have this golden gun as i make my way through um that i come out as the gunslinger and what a twist i'm from another world <laughs> wow <laughs> i mean that's fine. So your high concept, your archetype, your twist, all of these things are what are called aspects and can be like invoked. So if you are doing something and you're you're like, uh, could I invoke my twist? I'm from another world. Does that help me? Like you can do that to help with roles. Um, so, I mean, genuinely, if that's what you want your twist to be, it could apply to all of you. Everybody could just have the twist and I'm from another world. But yeah, I mean, I, I can see situations where you could invoke that as an aspect and it could be helpful. I'm, yeah, I'm going to do that. Okay, you just don't want to think any harder about this. I, boy, I'll tell you, I've been thinking about it, and I got, I got nothing else. I got nothing. There's nothing twisty about you. No, maybe my knees. Okay, well, yeah, say that. I'm That's a, the a gunslinger twist. with bad knees. <laughs> <laughs> no one expects that. <laughs> He's like, can we do this at not 10 paces? I can't do 10. Can we do like five, maybe? <laughs> five paces? How about just like one in turn? What if you walk 10? but I promise not to turn until you get to 10. (laughs) I must stay here. I like all of this. Uh, My archetype is one that I actually came up with. It's not from the list of kind of pre-recommended ones, uh, but I'm going with the Maverick. So are you Tom Cruise? No, how dare you? I just, I had to check. Legally, you have to tell me. (laughs) What does that mean? Like, how do you envision the Maverick? I think leaning into my dark side tag as the spooky of port and pulse control um, and just kind of that having a wild idea, but being confident that it can work. So just kind of go for it. Um, I also think dating Damien has 
really lent itself to my fuck around and find out. <laughs> uh, and my twist is who believes in monster kind. Nice. So the maverick who believes in monster kind. It's my high concept. Nice. So for mine, I'm also doing one that was not in Cowboy World. I was thinking about like, you know, the last time that we went through a portal, we were there for over two months. And I think I'm worried that I'm going to be stuck here for a similar length of time. And so I want to make sure that I bring stuff to keep me occupied. So I packed like a musical instrument with me in case we're doing another <laughs> like week long travel montage. Yeah. Uh, and I also brought a sketchbook. So my high concept is the artist. And my twist is who's plagued by visions. Okay, nice. so you are like an all-purpose artist. Much like me in real life, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea that my tarot cards all turned into like pages in my sketchbook. That's good. And my high concept, my archetype is the arcanist. I'm kind of imagining that as the, you know, we tossed around a couple different ones, uh, the occultist, but I don't really deal with like demon magic and the archivist because of, you know. That's like, taken. Like lore, yeah. Um, so just uh, the arcane version of this. Okay. Um, and my twist is who disguises his abilities. And so I imagine using everyday mundane things to try and disguise the magic that I'm doing in case people are uncomfortable by it. That's hilarious. Like, that's the opposite of like the rogue trying to trick people that they are a sorcerer. Yeah. You're like doing it in reverse. That's yeah. really good. The anti-counterfeit mage. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. So uh, the next thing we would move into is your character's history. Um, but again, that's sort of just already established for us, isn't it? We know mm, what yeah. our character's history is. We've been here for the whole thing. Yeah, we've got about five seasons of that. Check. So we'll move on to attributes. Um, so your attributes are like your stats. Uh, there are three attributes in this game, body, mind, and soul. Uh, body is your character's ability to do physical things, uh, things like brawling, riding a horse, shooting with a gun. Mind is a reflection of your character's intelligence, so that would apply to like your awareness to assess situations. And soul is dealing with your character's emotional and relational abilities, um, so things like manipulation or charm. Your attributes are plus one, zero, and minus one, assigned among those three however you wish. Well, this is sure another game where it's an example of it being a fantasy version of me because I opted for plus one body. <laughs> Uh, nice. and, but what does seem to track just fine is zero mind and minus one soul. Okay. I'm going with negative one body plus one mind and zero soul. Okay. Negative one body, zero mind and plus one soul. Negative one body plus one mind, zero soul. Okay. Not a lot of body among this squad. We all know that the body's a 10 across the board for all of us. <laughs> not... <laughs> I don't need these silly little numbers to tell me otherwise. Yeah. I don't have to prove anything to you. <laughs> Next up are our skills. So a skill is just something you can learn to do um, rather than having like unique moves or anything. We've got a list of skills from which we can choose and it is totally on the table to create a custom skill, like something that's not on the list. But uh, each character starts with uh, a couple of skills that they're very good at, a few more skills that they're okay at, and a couple of skills that they are not good at. So uh, each attribute has an assortment of skills that accompany them. Uh, do you all have your skills chosen? Uh, I'm starting with shoot. So I have plus two points in that, which will leave my overall score as a three. Yes. Um, every skill roll in this is plus the points you have in the skill plus the relevant attribute. So shoot being a body skill for task that is plus two, plus one for a total of plus three. My next one is nerve. 
uh, which is a plus two, which gives me a one score. Nerve's kind of like, what would you call that? Kind of like the act under pressure almost? I mean, yeah, it's, it's like you're cool. It's like your ability to stay calm under stress. Nice. Okay. Uh, I have tracking and survival, which is a plus one, which puts me at a one. Uh, awareness, I have a plus one. And with, I think, some of the points that we get, I've boosted that up so that I have an overall two. Uh, medical, which is a plus one, which gives me an overall one. Business is one of my minus ones, so I have a minus one in that overall. And strength is another one of my minus ones that leaves me at a zero. And one of the extras that I got to take as well is athletics and acrobatics, uh, which is a plus one that gives me a two score. Yeah, so we did start with some uh, additional, basically level ups um, to reflect that like everybody coming into this world, or you are all already skilled and experienced at things. You're not starting like a level one no-name cowboy would. Um, so the the resource in this game is called grit, and grit can be spent a lot of different ways, one of which is to uh, increase a level of a skill um, or to increase a weird level, which we'll talk about. Um, so everybody started with basically two level ups worth, 10 grit points, um, which Tass spent on some of those additional skills and skill ranks. I'm going to do investigate as one of my plus twos, uh, which gets me to a three. My Next one is weird that I have, I'm not really making a new skill, but I'm just labeling it as magic because all of my weird stuff is going to be like arcane magic based uh, as my other plus two. Uh, my command, which is uh, kind of getting people to to, to listen in a, a stressful situation, maybe go along with what you're saying, uh, is a plus one. Awareness is one of my other plus ones, uh, but equals out to a two with my attribute. Uh, strength which is a, my last plus one. Uh, it is a minus one because that's what my body is for a zero, but it felt weird going into this world as a, at a minus one strength. Just myself in the world. I thought, this seems weird. I'm going to fix this. <laughs> I'm, I'm way too strong I, for this. I can, <laughs> I can carry at least my own body weight, which is... I can bring all the groceries in at one time. Yeah, exactly. I, can't yeah. be, <laughs> I can't be at this stat. Um, and then my two negative skills are mechanics, uh, which actually equals out to a zero. I have a minus one and then a plus one in mind. And sleight of hand, uh, minus one and a minus one in body. So that is a minus two skill. That is god awful. Yeah, but I just thought, you know, this this rev is not like I I am mechanically inclined, but I don't think coin rev is. He's he's shifted all his focus over to you know piecemealing magic knowledge together. Yeah, and rev, you also introduced the weird skill. Um, so that is one of the like extra weird west things that we are adding on or adopting in this game um weird is just a skill that is utilized like all the others um depending on what type of action you're taking you might roll plus weird plus your attribute which is soul and then there is also a weird level that each player can have which dictates the degree of weird shit they are capable of like you have your weird skill and then a weird level if your weird level is only one you can only do like kind of weird shit. You can like, I don't know, talk to a bird or something. But like you might be really good at talking to a bird because your weird skill is a plus two. Is that like like cantrips almost? Like just that kind yeah, of? Yeah, kind of. Yes. It is like having a, a lower spell level. Cool. Yeah. And that is where I put all of my grit points was actually raising my weird level, not my weird skill. Uh, so I've got a uh, weird level of three. Okay. Uh, for my starting skills, I took uh, weird and empathy for my plus twos, uh, bringing me to a plus two for both of those. Um, weird being my ability to use the weird move and then empathy 
I mean, that's coming from the empath, baby. That's, I think, the main thing that I'm bringing over from COIN. For my plus one slots, I took engineering and mechanics uh, just to cover kind of all those bases. I did a lot of, you know, the technician kind of stuff in Starhold. And that, I think, is just kind of compounded coming through to this world. Uh, So I end up with a plus two for both of those. My other plus one is stealth, which has me end up at a zero. Uh, And then my negative one slots, I took bluff deceive uh, because... I'm really good at like empathizing and talking to people, but when it comes to lying to them, man, it never really seems to go <laughs> that well. So I have a minus one to that. And my last one is awareness. Uh, I have a minus one. So I end up with a plus zero. And then I did spend my grit to bump me up to weird level three as well. Awesome. And interestingly, like you talk about being good at empathy and bad at bluffing and deceiving there are opposed skills in this game i will not roll dice still but npcs might have attributes that like you subtract their thing from the role you're trying to make against them so bluff slash deceive and empathy are contrary abilities if you are trying to bluff slash deceive somebody you will subtract their empathy score to see if they can read you if you are trying to empathize with somebody who's lying to you you will subtract their bluff deceive score to see if they are able to snow you uh kim what do you got so uh my plus two skills are weird and music uh music is a specialized skill which means that you have to have points into it in order to even do it Mm -hmm. uh so i took that as one of mine so i have a total of plus three in both of those skills my plus ones i did bluff deceive for a total of plus two uh, business. Did you write the question mark at the end of business on your character sheet? <laughs> no. No. Uh, business? Business? Business is wheeling, dealing, and negotiating. Hiring henchmen. When used to negotiate, business is an opposed skill. I feel like as a child of Strom, I have to start with a decent business stat. I think so. I took charm as my last plus one, so that gets a total of plus two. And then for my negative stats... I did a negative one in Intimidate, giving me a total of zero. And I did a negative one in Shoot, giving me a total of negative two. My character has never fired a gun in any game that we've been in. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. I also spent my extra two level ups to also bring my weird level to a plus three. Excellent. A very weird crew. Mm. (laughs) So just to make sure I understand this, like she said, she has a specialized one. I think I have a couple of those too. So technically we can all do most of the skills if we need to, but just at the base of whatever our attribute is, right? Correct. So effectively you have a zero in any skill that you didn't put on that list. Like you've got no points in the rest of them. You can do them and it's just, you know, plus skill plus attribute which is plus zero plus your attribute so you're you're just rolling your attribute um there are four specialized skills though that unless you have points in them you simply cannot do them as kim said music is one of them tasks you have both medical and tracking survival those are both specialized nice and megan you have engineering which is specialized so fortunately we've got all the specialized skills covered there shouldn't be anything that simply cannot be accomplished uh, throughout gameplay other than like just, you know, general victory and (laughs) success. (laughs) All right. So uh, next we will hit our beliefs and goals. Beliefs and goals are, again, aspects that can be invoked. 
So we do want to codify something um, so that you have a mechanical way to say like, hey, I want to invoke this thing about my character. I can get a bonus at the thing that I'm doing. So what is everybody's belief and what is the accompanying goal? Uh, you know, I've been to one of the other worlds and then only got to hear about the last one. So I think it wouldn't have even mattered what this world was walking into it that I already would have had this set. That just my my belief here is that this world should not fall to Nash's influence. Like already a couple of them had, and if he gets his way, all of them will. So that will make my goal to destroy the magic circles here. Like it is just an absolute drive right now to make sure that we can stop this. Perfect. Uh, my belief is that not all monsters are monsters. So monsters in quotation marks first and then <laughs> not quotations the second time. Uh, just that idea of just because something is supernatural does not mean that it is evil. And I mean, vice versa, just because something is not supernatural doesn't mean it's good. And so my goal there is to educate the layman. Just have this understanding of that and help people keep that in mind. Nice. That's interesting. We did not talk about these no my belief is that not all monsters hide in the dark and so my goal is to expose evil and so it's kind of the exact same thing but the opposite that yeah it's it's people a lot of times so nice <laughs> i thought you're gonna be like michael is that all monsters, monsters are, are monsters, monsters. <laughs> yeah uh, my by, goal is all uh, real monsters by definition <laughs> all monsters are monsters or else words mean nothing <laughs> <laughs> mine is I believe that money, charm, and influence get you far. Therefore, my goal is to use violence as a last resort. All right, next, we need to talk about our character's issues. Um, so again, this is another aspect that theoretically you could invoke. Uh, it's also possible for me to invoke these things against you in a negative way. Um, so these would be more things that I would probably take advantage of. But each character should have some kind of flaw, something that makes stuff difficult in important times. Uh, what is everybody's selected issue? I have gone with uh, that I am hunted by this world's gunslinger. Ooh. Yeah, I think, I, I don't know exactly the details, but um, I just get this idea that there's almost this sixth sense out there, this this person going, no, 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 I'm the fastest and I'm going to prove uh, it. You know like what I mean? the idea that they're, you know, in a lot of the other games we play, how there's a playbook and there can only be one of those. Right. Oh, nice. I'm the gunslinger. <laughs> this town's not big enough for the both of us. <laughs> uh, my issue is I'll spread myself too thin trying to protect everyone. Nice. Okay. Uh, my issue is linked to being here and Jake not being here. Uh, so my issue is I'm a generalist and they need a specialist or... I'm a specialist and they need a generalist that no matter what, even though Jake and I both do magic, I don't know that we do the same kind of magic. And so that is just a fear that I have that I won't be able to do the right kind of magic at the right time. Yeah. Nice. My issue is I'm addicted to flattery. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This game has a bond mechanic. Each character starts with four bond points to distribute between one to four other characters. Um, no bond can have more than three points. You don't have to spend all four of them at the start of the game, but this is a way to build your bonds within the fiction. And you can use bond in place of like soul plus skill modifiers if there's ever PvP. Like rather than using one of your soul plus skill moves at its number, if you've got a lot of bond with that person, you can do that instead. You can lean on the bonds you have with each other. 
Um, so what bonds has everybody gone with? Uh, so I have two for Rev and one each for Megan and Kim. Um, you know, I think Megan and Kim and I have obviously been through a lot in a short amount of time, which is a good justification to have Bond in this new situation at all. But, you know, Rev and I literally go back two decades. So mm-hmm. I, I just think that's built up that little tiny bit more. Uh, I went with plus two with Tass. I think kind of similarly knowing him the longest, but also just like he was the first person who, you know, came to talk to me and made me feel like I had a kind of new direction that I could learn this kind of stuff, got me out of that prison and has kind of just always been that, you know, trusted ear. Um, And so going into a new world, like kind of looking to him again as somebody who knows what to do he's always kind of got a direction ahead he's shaking his head like that's a terrible idea but (laughs) i don't know your guts your guts right sometimes sometimes on on some occasions uh and then i have plus one with kim uh i wrote with that wild wild west best friend forever so (laughs) (laughs) wwbff and then uh with rev i have plus one um and i wrote opposite schedules because i feel like you know (laughs) i have known rev longer than kim but i've spent more time with kim and it's just because like rev and i are absolutely friends but it's kind of like when you have a roommate but you work opposite schedules so one of you (laughs) opens and one of you closes and so you only kind of see each other you know we only see each other when we're both in the same world (laughs) (laughs) when we're on the same plane uh so they're they both have a plus one i have plus three with tass because like he said I've, i've known him so long and you know with jake not being here him having been one of the first people that I shared this knowledge of like, oh, hey, I know this stuff exists too. And then also, you know, you guys going and getting my soul back and stuff. It's pretty cool. <laughs> that matters. I have one with Megan, kind of a similar idea that, oh, man, I've seen you around. We've chatted some. You date that guy that knocked me unconscious and put me in the trunk. <laughs> um, and then I I don't know that in character Rev and Kim have ever spoken. Uh, so I've got a zero there. We exchanged like a single sentence, but it was but it was when you were in that trance for two months and you just woke up and I told you how long you'd been in that trance. Oh, that's right. And we went so, Christmas shopping together. Christmas episode. That yeah. did not last very long. Yeah. But. And, uh, so and got that's not bond worthy, you <laughs> bastard. <laughs> Uh, so I got a zero. I there. live in your house against my will, to be honest. But. <laughs> yeah, and you talk shit about it all the time. <laughs> I do. He's like, oh, Ikea this, and yeah, whatever. No, never mind. Can I change this to a negative? <laughs> so I have two bonds with Megan because we're Wild Wild West BFFs, and once a soulmate, always a soulmate. <laughs> I have two bonds with Tass because we're Vision Twins. Yeah. We see it. And I have zero bond with Rev, and next to him I just wrote, who? <laughs> what, the sewer guy? <laughs> I am so looking forward to this dynamic. I, I thought that guy was a mannequin standing next to the portal. <laughs> but why that mannequin got such fancy robe? <laughs> he sure has a nice hat. <laughs> so with bonds, that's kind of like a thing in this game, right? Of What happens when you change your bonds with somebody? So when a bond is resolved, just the new bond you form with that person in its place has to be one more or one less than the previous bond. Like you can't form a new bond and it stays the same. You've either like gotten closer or you've gotten further apart depending on the resolution of that bond. Um, And then resolving bonds is also one way that players can earn grit, um, which again, we'll talk about in more detail. Each player has an amount of fame or infamy 
Um, but all of those start at zero. Your fame or infamy increase or decrease depending on the deeds you do in the world and how much notice they gain. Like if you do bad things and nobody knows about it, your infamy is not going to go up. If you do good things and nobody knows about it, your fame is not going to go up. Mm -hmm. It's all about what people see and perceive of you. Each character starts with their gear. Some gear is standard. Some is more specific. So um, everybody has a horse and a saddle. Everybody has a firearm and they can choose one revolver, rifle, or shotgun. What's everybody going to go with? I think that my shotgun has actually changed. I think here it is not just a revolver, but revolvers. Okay, because you have the shoot skill, you can have two firearms. So yes, you can have two revolvers. Weird that in the world where this would translate one-to-one, you don't accept it. It yep. parts down the middle <laughs> into two. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, I'm going to do rifle. Uh, instead of a firearm, I'm actually going with a bow and arrow. Oh, okay. They've still got how much harm it does and everything. So, I mean, yeah, that's fine. Then, yeah, I'll have like a holdout pistol. So, yeah, if you have the shoot skill, you have two firearms. That is Tass. Uh, if you have the brawl or tracking survival skill, you also have a badass knife. I have that. Uh, and then you have all the stuff that's necessary for your occupation. Um, for example, mining tools, medical kits, etc. Um, this is really just like a discussion. Does anybody feel like there's anything relevant to their like occupation that they ought to have extra? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I would have to mark down a med kit since I have the medical skill. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's something you carry with you in the regular world anyway. Um, I think also, I'm, I'm not sure what all tools this would involve, but, you know, for tracking survival, like maybe something like a compass, if that is even something that works in this world or, you know, their equivalent, um, you know, just little little things like that for being on the trail. Does magic in this world require components? I don't think necessarily. Okay. So magic is sort of like just more broadly weird yeah in this world and it can really kind of manifest however you want it to like there is no mechanical need for components um because some people do you know like some people are doing like demon shit yeah. to use their weird skill some people are doing like undead shit to do their weird skill it's all it's all pretty different so if you want to kind of like theme yours as requiring components and being like conventional wizardry I dig it, and you can have, like, a component pouch. Yeah, I talked about the idea of my twist being that I disguise these abilities, and I was thinking that, for a large part, I use, like, the rifle to kind of hide the magical blast that I'm doing. Uh, so the idea of still putting something into the chamber, you know, some kind of a magical pouch or you component do like pack. You do, alchemical cartridges. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, with my, like, mechanics and engineering skills that I have. I feel like I would have some sort of like toolkit with me all the time. Sure. Yeah. Like a tool belt or a toolbox. Yeah. I think it's like a leg holster bag that is just has all the stuff that I would need attached to it. Okay. I'd like to have a musical instrument. Sure. What is it? Um, I'm thinking a mandolin. Okay. That was very popular in like Wild West music because a lot of that music is based on uh, like folk and Appalachian music. So... And I already mentioned my sketchbook, which is my sort of reflavored tarot deck. Perfect. In addition to these things, you also have like your pockets, your saddlebags, your baggage, a way that you can manifest just five simple things. Those are basically charges to be spent at will. So if you find yourself in a situation where you need a thing and you could feasibly have it on you, you can just mark one of those charges. Hey, I am marking this off. I have a box of matches now, or I have a lantern or whatever. Um, once you fill that like fictional slot, 
it is that thing. Um, basically until the next time, like you're in town and you have time off and you could like re gear or respec, so to speak. And then lastly, you just choose your wealth level. This is kind of depending on your high concept and your history. You can be rich, which is like buying property, paying workers, having henchmen rich. Uh, there's just like comfortable, which is you can afford an extra horse or a cart or new tools. They've got poor, which is like you have a simple roof over your head and you have a decent meal a day or broke, which is like you've you've got nothing. You probably sleep under a tree. Any one of those that you feel is justifiable for your character. If we want to use this as a way to justify gear points, then I think Cass <laughs> is a very rich man indeed. Uh, I mean, I do have a lot of gear points, but, you know, we also kind of hang on to them for like you know, when we need to, we can buy a car or something, which I think is equivalent to, you know, you can buy a cart or a horse or whatever. I, I'd say it's more in the comfortable range than the rich range. Okay. Yeah. And like things aren't really resolved in terms of like dollars in this game. Like it's just, if you've got a certain amount of money via your high concept, then, you know, you can afford a certain stuff. Like it's very conversational and narrative driven as opposed to like resource tracking or anything. Sure. I'm poor. Yeah, I think same. I didn't pack for this trip. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I'm rich. Like rich, rich? Like buy property rich? I think so. I'm the child of Strom, and I, I came through here with her black card. That's fair. And it what just turned into comical sacks of cash with dollar signs on them. <laughs> yep. Okay. Let me point you to my skill in business. I need capital. I need startup money. We find three of you sitting in a train car, chugging along the tracks, an assortment of riders thundering around outside, fighting the colossal creature ahead of you, which has Rev wrapped in its tail, and one of these riders uh, greeting you outside the window on the left side of the train. Again, she is sitting atop her horse, keeping pace with your car, having pulled the bandana down from her face, smiling in at all of you, sort of expectantly, um, as if waiting for a response here. What do you guys want to do? Kiss you on the mouth for putting a kaiju in first thing. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess before we even get that far, what do we see looking at the three of you? How do you look coming into this world? I am wearing a black vest and black chaps over jeans and a gold silk shirt and a bowler cap. And uh, instead of my trusty shotgun i have my gun belt with my two golden revolvers my look is very inspired by bridget bardot from the 1960s western movie shalako if you don't know it that's fine but <laughs> look it up because she like she's so hot in that movie uh but it's very like goth western i'm wearing a black bustled skirt a white blouse with a black tie. It's all very corseted. And I have a long sleeved black jacket over that and a black top hat. Boy, I would almost wager that she was kind of the model for Mad Moxie. Yeah. Looking at her outfit. She looks so cool in that, doesn't she? Yeah. And I want to spend a point of my equipment right now to say that my silver sensor has turned into like a silvery lasso at my hip. Okay. Uh, I am wearing what looks like at one time, it was maybe a very nice three-piece suit, but now it is very worn pants. Uh, the right sleeve is rolled up to my elbow, and the left sleeve is missing. Uh, it is purposefully torn away, and I think the vest is kind of what Damien's jacket has turned into. And I have a bow and arrow slung over my back, and my hair in a long French braid. 
Awesome. And Rev, as they peek out the window and they see you being <laughs> whipped all hither and yon, what do you look like? Oh, I mean, mostly it's it's lizard tail, I guess. <laughs> uh, I am wearing a long duster that is like deep blue and rust colored accents with a chest and a waist belt that's got different vials and some pouches in a 10 gallon hat and a repeating rifle slung across my back. Awesome. Then, yeah, this woman is looking in at all of you a little bit perplexed, actually. She shouts again, y'all got some fancy gear on you. Yeah, hi. Uh, bad timing, I think, on our part. What's that thing? Well, that particular thing don't have a name. We just call all the creatures of its ilk abominations. Wow, are they all that big? Well, not all of them, but it's not uncommon. You gonna help us fight it? Seems like it might have one of yours in its clutches. It surely does. Yeah, we gotta get rough free. How do we get to it? She pats her horse. She says, I know how I'm going to get to it. You're sort of stuck on the tracks here, as far as I know. Uh, and she pulls away from the train a little bit uh, on her horse and kind of looks from like the front to the back and then weaves back over closer to the window and says, uh, it looks like you got something like a like a livestock cart or a horse cart on there. Ain't this your train? Don't you know? And speaking of which, I want to talk about one more aspect of kind of character creation. You guys are all on this train. Um, this is what the IPT Cruiser has morphed into as you have arrived. And I want to give a little bit of opportunity to customize it. Um, similar to how we did in Starhold with the ship. This is not technically part of the game. Um, like having a train is not an assumed part of Cowboy World or anything. But you, you got to get around and I want you to get around in style uh, and in a way you like. <laughs> so what I want everybody to do is tell me one of the cars that's on this train. Um, you know, obviously it will have like the obvious things. Uh, and one of these cars is a place for your horses because every character does get a horse as part of your like starting gear, so to speak. But whatever you want to name uh, will serve two purposes. Um, I want it to be one, like an additional bit of equipment um, and two, be able to serve as an aspect that you can invoke. So I don't have particular ideas of like what these cars can or should be or how they will or should be used. But I imagine that like if you said you had a, a medical cart, um, everybody would be able to mark three more spots for equipment that you could just mark as needed to produce something that could have feasibly been in the medical cart. Or if you were going to make a role that having a medical cart would benefit you on, you could invoke it like you do your other aspects for a bonus on the roll. Um, so does anybody have thoughts on some cool shit you want this train to have? You know, I, I was actually thinking right along those lines, um, since we had something similar before anyway, um, that, you know, I, I feel like having a med kit will only get me so far, but having a dedicated like infirmary slash med bay situation on here would uh, help for any bigger problems possibly. Awesome. Um, so the extra equipment slots are kind of like shared among the group. Like if at any point anybody wants to mark off one of the charges from the medical car to have some sort of medical equipment, you can do that. And like with the rest of your equipment, these things will reset whenever you're like parked at a station in a town again and could feasibly like re-equip. Nice. I will keep track of the cars um, and I can keep track of how many charges of each one have been spent so that like you guys don't all have to have your own separate tracks or anything like that cool i'm gonna go with a workshop i think especially with having a focus in engineering and mechanics uh it'd be good to both have tools that i need available as well as like a dedicated place to like work on things if needed 
I was thinking like a parlor, like a nice place where we could sit and like entertain guests. It's maybe got a small upright piano. It's got some good liquor, all the nice stuff. Okay. I'm going to say a study or like a, a billiard room, like a place where you can go and, and research things. And I guess not billiard room. I'm thinking of Wild Wild Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> His billiard room turns into the study. Yeah. Uh, but a study uh, where you can go and like research things or look at maps, have a sit and, and let your mind work. Okay. So do we like know this in character? I don't think so. Not yet. I think you'll need to actually move about the train first. And uh, this rider is looking at you increasingly perplexed in this ongoing and extended silence. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. We've got stuff. So much stuff. Let me check on our stuff to see what we can help with your stuff to help with that. What's your name? My name's Dawson. I'm a member of the Iron Striders. Nice. All right. Uh, I'm Tass. Hi. We'll 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 join you. We'll be helping shortly. Yes. And I'm gonna all ass back through this train. Yeah. Uh huh. All right. You all pass through a medical car, a workshop, a parlor, and a study before you reach a car that has stables within it. Uh, and inside are four horses. The train, however, is still chugging along. Uh, how do you want to deploy? Your horses, if that's what you plan to do. Tuck and roll, I guess. The whole horse? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Horses. Famously fragile. (laughs) Famously. (laughs) Horses famously take falls well, yeah. (laughs) I think that thought occurred. Like, I'm I'm sprinting down the length of everything, just checking out what we have and thinking, okay, cool, cool, cool. Wait, who's driving this? Who's in charge? (laughs) And then our group just starts running to the front of the train. (laughs) And you pass through a study and then a parlor (laughs) and then a workshop and then a medical car and then the seating car. (laughs) I shoot the lizard. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I want to look around in this stable. Is there anything set up to be able to like get a horse out on the run? (laughs) Not on the run. No. I mean, it's got like the sides of this car like sliding like barn doors. So you can get the horses on and off this car, but there's no like treadmill where you can get them up to speed. And <laughs> All right. I think that's the first thing you need to invent is yeah. I'm imagining, you know how the, they used to have the thing that was hanging off the side so that you could grab the mail as you went by? Yeah. So it's like a, a strap that goes underneath the horse and you just get on it and ride in the air and then you just lower it out. <laughs> so that's we're just running You're full like, speed. Horse, I cannot emphasize enough you need to be running as fast as possible. <laughs> I am gonna, I'm, I'm gonna cut this rope, and you are gonna touch the ground, and you need to be going the same speed as the train. It's like the, uh, the moving walkways at the airport, but then it just like, <laughs> it slows down as the horse gets further back till yeah. eventually he's fine. Or it's like those things for dogs who have like arthritis, so yes. they can walk in the water, but they don't move. So I go to the workshop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tass, uh, up at the front of the train, <laughs> you don't find a person operating this. There is what looks like an automaton of some kind, actually, sitting in the like engineer's spot. It is not a whole person. It is like uh, almost like a podium that's got like a torso up of a sort of crude robotic figure whose head turns with some clicks and looks at you as you come in. Hello. It holds up a hand to wave, but you see that it doesn't have a mouth. Okay, um, are you the PT Cruz? It nods. Nice! Can you slow down for us so that we can get on horses and ride out of the train safely, please? 
it nods and without its head turning back to face the front, its arms start to fiddle with some of like the knobs and levers uh, and you feel the train start to slow. Nice. Thanks, Cruz. And I'm sprinting back down the length of the train again. All right. Rev, you have walked through the portal. Why? What drew you in here? There was, I don't know how to describe it, you know in a cartoon where there's invisible smell lines and the person just floats? Yeah, there's a pie on the window. Yeah, there was something through the portal that was just so, and I don't know what it is, but it was so strong that it just drew me in. Like the, the I don't know if it was smell, if it was some other sense, some seventh or eighth sense, who knows? I am baffled at the thought that a, a potential kaiju musk pulled you in and not me. Yeah, and I don't, I mean, I guess I don't know. Is this where what I was sensing was coming from, or is this a <laughs> unfortunate side effect? <laughs> is the lizard baking pies? Yeah. <laughs> it is strong coming off of this creature. Oh, um, called it. And I don't know if it's clear to you, being this close to it, whether it's anywhere else or whether it is just this creature. I see. But as you stepped through and you were hit by this scent, you were also just nabbed pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. This thing seemed to be thundering in basically above you, and it just scooped you up. Um, you also see this scene of an assortment of riders seeming to chase a train that kind of just materialized out of nowhere in your direction. Uh, and these riders do seem to be fighting this thing. One of them has thrown some sort of explosive keg that seems to have detonated near its legs, um, and it is changing trajectory. But what do you want to do? What does the outside of this train look like? Train-like, you know. Okay. What about the color? <laughs> do I recognize this possibly as the stories they've told me about the cruiser changing? Yes. It has this sort of iridescent <laughs> shimmer to it. It's got a license plate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's got a front plate. <laughs> I chug along. Um, how high am I? So high. Oh, that's, <laughs> you must be. Rev took an edible before he'd started the spell so that he would just be like high the whole duration. He's like, if I got to be in here for yeah. two months- I'm going to at least have a good time. <laughs> You're easily 40 feet off the ground. Um, a little bit more and a little bit less, depending on how the tail that's holding you is moving. Boy, I my first impulse would be to try to get out of this tail. That seems like a death sentence. So I think I want to find a way to get a better hold in case they do something that causes it to like unfurl this tail and I don't just fall. All right. I've, I've got a couple pitches for you here. I okay. could see this being a strength roll just to hold on as tight as you can to this thing. Mm -hmm. I could also see this being a ride skill to like go with the flow of the tail, like a like a mechanical bull, like as it whips around, if it does let you go, that you are kind of sticking with it. Yeah, I think I'm better off trying to brace myself in its scales than trying to be dexterous and ride along with the motion it's making. Okay, then give me a strength roll. That is plus body plus strength. Seven. All right. So on a mixed success, you succeed, but I add one or more. Cost, danger, a worse outcome, or an ugly choice. You squeeze on tight. And as you do, it seems like it triggers some kind of like reflex in this thing that it does lower its tail substantially to the point that like you are kind of hovering above the ground like in danger of road rash territory almost but you've got a good grip you know that unless you let go or this thing like slams you you're gonna stay up off the ground you're gonna be okay okay back on the train you feel the train slow down such that you think you could depart on horseback 
yeah, if it seems like this could be a safe route to take, then yeah, start getting the horses ready to go. Cool. Yeah. What's everybody's horse look like? Uh, I'm going to just go ahead and take the name and look of one of my horses from Legend of Zelda, <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom. And it's a uh, light blue and its name is Blueberry Milk. It's a blue horse. Yeah. That's nice. My horse is this kind of like steel gray, almost blue color. And it's just like really muscular. It's a really athletic, muscular horse. Super buff. Yeah, super buff. And its name is Virgil. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think mine is that that like pristine light brown that's almost golden. And since we're about to go fight a kaiju lizard, I guess, since this is a golden creature here that I'm about to ride, I'm going to uh, call him King Caesar after one of my favorite kaiju that battles Godzilla or alongside Godzilla sometimes. Does anybody else want to make any notes on like the buffness of their horses? We've got one explicit. <laughs> I just uh, like horse. listen. If, if I'm going off of the animal that I'm modeling it off of, then like it must be stated that it's like unnaturally <laughs> buff for an animal. It's like you know how horses are like normally very muscular. This one looks like it can and will punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah, mine's more more like a swimmer body than like lifts. You know. Okay. Mine likes oats, and it shows. <laughs> <laughs> Rev, there's another horse in this stable. What does it look like? Uh, it's black with uh, like a white strip down its its nose, like the little kind of star on its forehead, and then down. Um, I almost just made it look like Bojack Horseman. That tracks. <laughs> yeah, it's got human legs. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very fast. Rev, it carries Rev in its arms. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've got a blue horse, so all bets are off. That's why we didn't take it out is because it was really drunk. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I was going to go for like the image of a horse that would look cool with my mini. But no, if it was just me, if I was thrown into this world and magic went horse, I've got a brown horse with a white star in its head. Its name is Bojack. Okay. That's great. Nice. You are able to throw open the side doors of this car and you're able to ride the horse's out of the cart onto the hard packed dirt and pretty quickly start outpacing the train and catching up to this other group of riders. They are still circling in some kind of formation, shooting, throwing things. There are explosions and gunshots going off. And you can see that this creature's tail has dipped very close to the ground and that Rev seems to be holding on for dear life. Does it look like when the tail is dipping to the ground, it's kind of hitting in the same area or is it all over the place no it seems fairly stationary it's almost like uh like when you scratch a cat's butt and like its whole body like tenses up in one particular way like it's like something is causing that on this creature's tail that it's just like tensed in one position and that position is down i want to try to get under that like does does rev still look like completely wrapped up by this tail why don't you roll awareness okay 12 all right, so on a 10 plus, you succeed. You describe the successful outcome of your action. Uh, so what do you do to get a clear line of sight on what you're trying to spot here? Um, You know, I think it's kind of splitting my awareness. It's not just trying to get under where I can see Rev clearly and what's going on with him. It's also being aware of the creature and how it's moving, and I'm staying in its blind spot so it doesn't kind of know to flick its tail at me or claw at me or, um, you know, remove me from that position because it just doesn't know I'm there. Okay. And what you see is that it doesn't seem to be 
like actively constricting Rev or anything. You can see the way that Rev's grabbing onto it, and it almost seems like he's hit like some sort of like sympathetic nerve cluster in this thing that like its grip is loosened up. It's still wrapped around him, but it is not squeezing him anymore. If he let go or was pulled free, he could slip from its grasp. Okay. Rev, you see Tass ride up behind this creature approaching you. What do you want to do? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. And I'm going to try to let go and land on Tass's horse. All right. Give me an athletics acrobatics roll. Seven. Okay. Uh, I think you have a choice here. Okay. You can either take a little bit of damage yourself um, as you kind of like make this jump wrong. You slide off the side of the saddle a little bit clip the ground it hurts but you're able to get steady or you can do tass a little bit of harm because you like grab onto him like you prevent yourself from falling by stabilizing off of him and you know that it's going to cause him a little damage i hate to slow this down for a second would this count as a teamwork yeah it certainly could you are specifically riding into position to assist with this maneuver uh does it just automatically make the dream work or it does not. Okay. I still have to roll two. Yeah, so will you read teamwork for us? Uh, yeah, absolutely. When you work together as a team to help one another, each helping character rolls plus the attribute and plus the skill. The highest of all the rolls counts. On a 10+, plus, you do it faster, more efficient, and with a better outcome as a group than you would have on your own. On a 7 to 9, you succeed, but with a cost, danger, a worse outcome, or an ugly choice. If anybody rolled a fail, that person causes the complication. All right, let's see if you can fix this. Okay. Oh, no. Five. This all tracks. <laughs> um, okay. Then still a mixed success overall. Yeah. Still a hard choice here, but it's Tass's fault. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Does that mean that Tass takes the damage or do I still have to choose? I think we'll go with Tass takes the damage. I think Tass <laughs> fucks up and like reaches out to catch you and hurts himself okay. in the process. So Tass... First, mark a point of grit. Grit is like our experience and a currency for a lot of things, but when you fail a roll, you mark an experience. And uh, I'm going to need you to roll the harm move here to see how much damage you take from this. So when the GM tells you to take lethal or non-lethal harm, roll plus body plus modifiers. Um, the modifiers correlate to like the weapon or the thing that's causing you damage. The more potentially damaging the thing is the lower the number you're rolling for it because you're still trying to get a high number so if your odds of surviving it are worse it has a lower number i'm gonna say that this is probably a pretty high number though like you'll take a plus three on this because it's just it's just catching somebody like this is potential for a shoulder hurty not like getting stabbed or shot okay so roll plus body plus three okay 11. So on a 10 plus, the harm is but a scratch or a bruise, but you cannot act for a moment. So you are just a little bit stunned, stuck in a holding pattern behind this thing as you feel this strain in your arm and your shoulder. Okay. Hey, gotcha, buddy. What the hell, man? I don't know. This thing's got to... Do I smell that anywhere else now that I'm like away from it? Yes. Uh, I think you can, like, smell. Are we going with smell? Is it a smell? Is it a stink? I, I like it. I don't think it was a smell, but here I think it's that's the easiest way to <laughs> okay. translate it, yeah. Um, yes, it is kind of all around you. Like, there is a faint odor of whatever this thing's putting off. Um, and it's like a, if we're going with smell, it's kind of like a like a sickly sweet smell. Like, mm. it's it's pleasant, but in that way that you're like, ew, this is gross and I like it. Yeah. 
Um, and it's definitely coming heavy off the creature. But yeah, it does just kind of seem to hang in the air. Okay. Megan and Kim, uh, you see Tass push ahead and Rev drops free of this creature and lands on Tass's saddle. What are the two of you up to? Now that it has dropped Rev, what is the creature doing? Why don't you read a situation? So when you read a charged situation, roll plus mind plus awareness. Uh, on a 10 plus, ask the GM three of these questions. On a seven to nine, ask the GM one of these questions. And there is a list to choose from. Okay. Nine. Okay. You get one question from the list. What should I be on the lookout for? You can see that this thing isn't paying any particular mind to Rev. Um, it doesn't seem particularly fixated on any one member of your party out here. It is fighting back against things that are pestering it. But overall, it seems like it's just trying to thunder forward. It is trying to reach a destination. And off in the distance, like closer to the horizon down the tracks, you can see a town. And it seems like that's where this thing is headed. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hello, Maria Kennedy from Hero Trackers here to tell you about a special report we've been working on at Hero Track Media. With the help of my producer Shayna, we are going to reveal the life story of a mysterious hero that as far as we can tell, has never been covered by a media outlet before. Subscribe to this podcast feed to learn more about this hero and the strange circumstances surrounding their life and career, and how they might be connected to your favorite heroes. Coming soon from Hero Track Media, Vigil. Vigil, Season 1, an audio fiction superhero thriller in 10 parts from All In Productions. Featuring Haley Sanfilippo as Maria Kennedy and Adam Kudashat as Vigil. Subscribe or follow to make sure you're the first to know about Vigil. Vigil.